This is GKW. Welcome in. Good call. I am Gabe Neitzel from ESPN Milwaukee. Joined as OSPN West Palm, it is Brian Rowitz and the man who is TV 14 at all times. You can catch him on ESPN 1000 in Chicago. You can welcome Jay Hood to the show. What's up, guys? So where we start? Another Thursday. Where we start here? Another Thursday, and before we get to the TV 14 era coming back, the TV, the PG era ending in WWE, we have to start. And it seems like old news now, but after we got done with the show last week, more allegations coming out about about Vince McMahon, and you know, the Wall Street Journal is the one that's apparently all over. The- this um, and and they're the ones who broke story. They added to that story last Friday with more allegations, including uh, one female wrestler who said she was coerced into uh, oral sex with Vince. Later, was paid seven and a half million dollars for her silence, um, and she said that her, um, you know, after you know her relationship with Vince, she, he elected not to renew her contract. Uh, she felt mistreated. Uh, there was another million dollar payout in there as well. So more allegations continue to come out against Vince McMahon. Although he continues to, he hasn't been on television. He hasn't rolled out as Mr. McMahon recently on Raw or SmackDown, but reports from Raw and SmackDown say it's kind of business as usual right now for WWE backstage around Vince. Well, great journalism, first of all, by the Wall Street Journal by breaking this news. And based on the writers that have covered this on from the Wall Street Journal, they were on Busted Open with Dave LaGreca just recently. They said that there is more to come and they're working on more stories, which is just uh, incredible. But I'll go back to what I said before. Um, this is disgusting. We don't know whether or not Vince McMahon used WWE money uh, out of the coffers of the company to get all this done uh, with um, uh, with his extramarital affairs. But, but the point is, guys, is that I think that Vince... Uh, and Stephanie and others saw this coming. Uh, we saw that Connor Shell, who used to work for ESPN, who was a board member with the WWE, he stepped down because he saw this coming as well. I really believe, I really believe this, bro. It's a, a, a sale is coming with the WWE. There's a reason why Nick Khan is in place. Uh, I think he's going to usher a sale. And I think that they saw the scandal coming because when Stephanie walks away, all of a sudden, Connor Shell quits things starts to change in that company, I really believe there's going to be another shoe to drop here with this story. See, I've always been under the belief that unless the networks, the Fox money, the USA money, the Peacock money, unless they're saying, hey, we don't want this money associated with Vince, nothing's going to change. But I don't think Vince thinks that. USA Today says that WWE is telling investors that, quote, the success the company hinges on McMahon standing as its leader. So they're already trying to be on the offensive and say, hey, you want to be successful. You want your investment to turn into money. It needs to be Vince leading the way. He's going to be defiant. He's going to go down, middle fingers up, and fighting it. I mean, there's reports even after that first TV appearance where he said, F them. Let's go do the show or whatever it was. Like, It's going to be a battle, and I feel like it might get ugly over the next few months. So you don't think he's going to stay true to his word? Because the initial thing that he said was he was going to, you know, whatever the board decided after the investigation was complete, he was going to be okay with it. And whatever they wanted to do, he was going to go along with it. So you think that he's going to fight it? Because it, I, I have always been of the thinking, like, Vince always seems like maybe he wants to sell just because he wants to know what he could get. You know, like he's the guy that's going to take you, you know, kind of like we just saw Elon Musk do with Twitter, right? Like, ah, maybe I'll do it. Maybe I won't. And ultimately Vince isn't going to ever sell WWE. Like that's the way I always looked at Vince, you know, in terms of having the controlling shares. And even when he took his you know company public, it just didn't seem like he was going to do anything other than this. Cause I don't think he can do anything other than this. And I, unless it was taken from him, I don't see him walking away. And I, I guess that that really hasn't changed despite all these allegations. Like he, he was aware that this stuff was probably going to come out and he's still going to be defiant. He's still going to think he can beat it. I don't know if he can. I figured at some point I, I, I cause I didn't know how bad it was going to get. It's getting bad. It's probably only going to get worse. I figured Laurenitis, we all figured Laurenitis, he's going to be the fall guy. Vince is going to be fine. But smart Wall Street people keep saying 
I don't know if he's going to beat this. And that's the way you have to think of it. I mean, WWE, publicly traded company, even though Vince has the controlling shares, as a publicly traded company, if you want to keep that status, like you have to, you know, he can't be in charge. I think ultimately yeah. at the end of the day. But I, and maybe it's naive on my standpoint, but from a cocky and arrogant Vince standpoint, when it comes to a sell, he's going to want to have the upper hand. He wants WWE at its peak. It doesn't feel like what WWE is right now. If he's being forced to sell because of the tainted, you know, name that is Vince McMahon right now, he's going to feel like he's not going to get that top dollar. He's going to feel like instead of getting that hundred dollars, he's only going to get 97 and that's going to make him more arrogant. But maybe I'm just naive in that you talk about Wall Street. Maybe that's just going to overpower everything, and he really won't even have a say in the end of it. Well, we have examples over the last, I guess, 10-plus years, 15 years, that things have changed. And, and Brian, you've said this yourself, that you know the, the where we are in 2022 is not what it was 10 or 15 years ago, where millionaires and billionaires can get away with stories like this, allegations like this. And... Where there's smoke, there's fire. When we continue to read these stories and to come to find out that there's more to this, you know, Gabe, on, on most companies that we could talk about, sports or otherwise, usually that CEO would be gone. But the infrastructure here is so different because Vince, as you mentioned, had the controlling shares and he has friends all over that board and family members all over that board. And so no matter what the findings are, Vince is, we have to be able to lay this down and let people know Vince is a child. Vince is is eleven is a twelve year old that thinks that that his shit doesn't stink and that uh, every woman wants him sending dick pics out as a 77, 70 plus year old man. All these things are are horrible, and it's ba- it's a bad look for Stephanie and Shane and that com- and their family. It's a bad look for Triple H and everybody else that's involved in WWE. But just keep in mind, over the years we have seen Vince act out his own personality through the characters on that roster from Val Venus to, to being the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase. I think those are all of Vince's characters that was being played out. The same Vince McMahon that would kiss Trish Stratus right in front of his wife, had her on a leash, barking like a dog. All these things are playing out in the public. You just think it's characters and you just think it's just part of the WWE during the attitude era. I think this is a lot of Vince's personality that's come out and, uh, there needs to be a change in that company. There's no doubt about that. It's easy to see, to me, it's easy to see why he feels invincible, though. Because he's gotten this far. Like, he literally has been. I mean, the, we when this initially broke, Jay Hood, you, you brought up the old YouTube clip from the Geraldo Rivera show of that accusation, right? And, and we watched that. And he was able to pay her off and, and drop the lawsuit against her because, well, he had to fight the United States government in a steroid suit, which, by yeah, the way, Ch- he won. Rita Chatterton, the, re- the yeah, female referee. Rita Chatterton. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, you know, he moves on from that, wins his case, buys WCW. He's the head honcho, takes everything public. Like, the, everything this guy has done, he has gotten away with. But now that this information is public, like you said, Jay Hood, it's different now. Times have changed. If this information comes out 22 years ago in the middle of the Attitude Era, you know, it's it's not looked at the same because people are smarter to how gross and disgusting and abhorrent this behavior is. Well, also to that point, like, he has to be a little worried that we talk about the board. There's 11 members of that board. The fact that this stuff is out there. Obviously, it happened a decade ago. There were members of that board, if not all of them, that knew that this happened. They see that money going somewhere, and there is a leak right now. Like, this stuff is getting out there. We are finding out all this stuff. We're finding out what he's saying backstage. So maybe he feels that heat, or or in all actuality, he's probably going to fire who that person is. But there's something there that there is this sort of leak now, and maybe that board isn't as strong as it was a decade ago. I I would just tell people, no, I've got a little of this. Uh, We as a show on GKW underscore wrestling – Please do not speculate on the alleged victims, uh, you know, throwing names out there. I've seen this. Please don't do that. Uh, and because one of the major stories is, okay, so there was a woman that he was involved with in the company. She didn't do what Vince wanted and she was released. I don't want to know who that person is. I'm sure it'll come out at some point. I'm not looking to find out, going through rosters to find out who it was because I don't care about that. I, what I do care about is what does the WWE look like for the future? Along with that story, guys, is about 
there's been millions of dollars spent by Netflix to have this McMahon documentary. Uh, and and by the way, I'm not a big fan of those documentaries because a lot of those are lies or spun by the WWE and Vince McMahon. So I'm not a big fan of those. But there was supposed to be this big project, millions of dollars spent on the life and times of Vince McMahon that's been on hold now because of what's been going on. I can't imagine that documentary series in light of day. No. Like, I can't imagine it's going to come out. I mean, Netflix has partnered with WWE with stuff. That's where the big show show was. You know, they they had some, you know, partnership stuff, but nothing to the point of USA Fox. Like, I, I just don't see Netflix going, especially as they deal, like, with their own stock issues right now. Like, I don't see them ever pushing that onto their streaming platform. Like, that's, it's going to be a sunk cost for them. Like, it just doesn't make sense for them to release that. A hundred percent, especially as they treat themselves as, you know, this giant movie studio, they're winning awards and stuff. You can't make a Vince McMahon documentary in 2022 and just ignore this part. Like no matter how it ends, you can't just like end it with WrestleMania and him in the ring with McAfee and say, oh, and we all lived happily ever after. So I agree. There's no way this happens at all. So one ultimately, question, one, one question, Gabe, I want to ask you is, do you believe that the female talent in the WWE will ever feel unsafe enough to be able to leave the company we haven't heard that yet we've heard speculation from former wwe female talent that said yeah we heard things it was an uncomfortable unsafe environment especially around john laurinitis which says a lot do you ever think that someone on the current roster any of the female that will say yeah i don't feel safe around vince i don't think they'll say it publicly because they know vince still runs creative and they, I mean, the, the women, especially when you look at the women's roster and, and whether this is fair or not, I mean, it's not very big, you know, so a lot of them are getting television time right now. So if they want to be featured, if they say something, okay, what's that going to mean for my career? I want to keep wrestling. I want to keep wrestling here. I don't want to come out against Vince because Vin, this is where they've screwed up. Like Vince shouldn't be in charge of creative. He shouldn't be showing up to Raw and SmackDown, especially after the allegation last week that, as you mentioned, the, the, the female wrestler who didn't do what Vince wanted, so eventually he let her contract expire after not even using her um, I, you know, as an on-air talent. So like, he shouldn't be around creative. He shouldn't be dealing with this. Now, no one's going to tell him no, which makes me then wonder and ask you this question. Do we think the board investigation is just going to be whatever leaks are out there from the, from the Wall Street Journal? Are they going to do an actual investigation? Or is it going to be more like when the NFL investigates the Washington commanders and like, yeah, I don't know what's the problem with Daniel Snyder. You guys have a problem with him? I don't understand why. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, it feels like that. And I think part of the reason it feels like that is because he is still on, in creative. He still is on TV. I do think there might be some decisions. They say, oh, maybe we don't fight this battle. Like, I honestly think the Sasha and Naomi stuff, like, you know, a year ago, they're probably still fighting it and they're staying at home. But now it's like, you know what? L let them just go. Like, maybe it'll be us, you know, being good and trying to get some goodwill from that. But like, I don't, I don't have any confidence. And even to the point, if it's not Vince that's in charge and ends up being staff or Triple H, aren't they complicit in this also? Like, they have to have known stuff as well. Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah, absolutely. Especially with Triple H. Like, the, the, again, the story we keep coming back to is the female wrestler. Yeah. Like, Triple H was an active wrestler in 2005. Right. He was a part of that locker room. You're telling me that as tight as we're led to believe these locker rooms are, like, there aren't stories being, like... Vince McMahon having extramarital affairs is probably the least shocking headline. Like yeah. if you follow wrestling, you go, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Like you've kind of seeing how Vince just kind of carries himself. I think it makes sense. But then to take it that next level, that's where, you know, again, the, the inappropriateness, the sexual harassment, the, the, you know, the sexual misconduct, that's, that's taking it to a new level, but there's, there's no way that triple H didn't know he had to have been aware on some level. Yeah, anybody that has been around Vince for a long time knows that he that he's been involved in this, or they have some story about. It. Of course, there's always locker room stories and conjecture that happens around a, a company that size. But it, I'm sure that they were very they were aware of what's going on. They didn't weren't sure if it was ever going to come out, but now it's out there. Any other company and the CEO is not around or he's gone. Vince does not take this seriously because he's still in creative. And I, and I want to make sure it's very clear that those that's listening and watching, 
we're not saying that Vince should be removed because I'm not happy with WWE creative. It's not about the in-ring product. It's about the overall good for the company. Nick Khan is there for a reason, guys. And I, and I really believe that um, there, there's going to be something that's going to happen. I don't know when, but there's a reason why Nick Khan is presiding over this company. He hasn't been fired yet because Vince usually fires these guys. But I just think that Nick has a, a stronghold and a pulse on how to be able to get extra revenue streams and TV deals and, and sponsorships to the point where if, if Vince does step away, Nick Khan could be able to step in there and kind of hold everything afloat, especially financially. We'll keep an eye on this story and continue to talk about it because, again, the Wall Street Journal, everybody is in on it, saying that there are probably going to be more stories and it's only going to get it worse for Vince and then in turn, the WWE. But we turn our attention elsewhere in the world of professional wrestling. We turn our attention to things that happened in ring and technically some stuff out of ring that could infect, you know, the in ring performers as well. And what we like to call the three count, the other top three stories that we keep our eye on here on GKW. Brian, what do we have as number one on the three count? We'll start next Saturday night, Ring of Honor, Death Before Dishonor. Four matches announced already. Samoa Joe versus Jay Lethal for the TV title. FTR versus the Briscoes for the tag title. Wheeler Yuta versus Daniel Garcia for the TV title. And Mercedes Martinez versus Serena Deeb for the women's title. So guys, do the matches announced so far get you excited for the next Ring of Honor pay-per-view? I'm going to feel like a broken record. Um, <laughs> like the pay-per-view, like these matches are going to be fun. Like sign me up for FTR versus Briscoes again. Like that was a fun match when they did it at Supercard of Honor before WrestleMania. Like that was an awesome match. I mean, Wheeler Yuta versus Daniel Garcia it has been something they've kind of teased at during this whole BCC versus the Jericho Appreciation Society uh, storyline that they have going on. But again, the problem that I have is the build towards this because – it comes back to two things that we talk about. I feel quite frequently here on GKW one, the build for these premium live events, pay-per-views, depending upon what company they just haven't been good as of late. And I would argue that this hasn't been great. And the reason for that is because another thing we talk a lot about on GKW, they still don't know what they're doing with ring of honor. So ring of honor kind of gets little clips and, you know, they'll get like a 30 second promo here or yesterday you see Jay lethal come out and, and grab a microphone and have bad audio while he's trying to cut a promo on television <laughs> And, and, and it's just little snippets. And if you're somebody that does, wasn't watching live and maybe you're fast forwarding through commercials, maybe you miss some of this stuff. And it's because they just don't quite know what they're doing with ROH. They have to jam it into whatever they can on either Rampage or Dynamite. And it kind of gets lost in the shuffle. I think that uh, ROH needs its own dedicated YouTube page or a destination where you could be able to find this stuff. Just being able to shoehorn in uh, ROH storyline here or there, it's just kind of it's haphazard. Um, it's interesting, all these matches, right? So Samoa Joe's been off filming a movie or doing TV or something like that, right? And it's yep. been Jay Lethal the entire time holding up this ROH TV title match. So Jay Lethal is the one promoting this. And then you never see Wheeler Utah speak, but you see do see Daniel Garcia He's like on the tail end of interviews, right? All of a sudden, yeah. the guys leave, and he, all of a sudden, hey, Tony, by the way, I got an ROH match. He cuts <laughs> his like really good, solid 45-second promo. It's yeah. like at the tail end. It's not that it's not Garcia's time. It's it's the, the Jericho Appreciation Society's time. Those no, guys leave. He, he goes, gets oh, time by the to way. talk after that guy gets to talk. No, that's, <laughs> you don't get to talk when I'm talking. <laughs> Sports entertainment. <laughs> um, so then there's Mercedes Martinez against Deeb. You know, it's going to be solid. Two solid veterans. That's, that's going to be, be fun. That's going to be a banger. And then FTR and Briscoes. So here's something about this. So uh, I, I would agree. Like Martinez, Martinez and Deeb is like the only one that's actually played out. I'd argue it's also kind of been rushed because they were a tag team. And then suddenly Serena Deeb attacks uh, Martinez. So now they're going to have this match, but it's the only one that's actually played out. Cause that's a great point. Joe hasn't been there. Yuta doesn't talk. Briscoes don't work for the company. Right. And that, yeah, that's what well, there's a disconnect right there, bro. It's just like, so it, we haven't seen FTR in a little bit too. We yeah. just know the match is going to be good. So I, I love the buildup of what could be the main event, which should be the main event, FTR against the Briscoes, but neither one of them have been hyping this up over the last few weeks. 
Well, yeah, I mean, to Gabe's point about we talked about it with WWE and their premium live events, the only difference, though, is from a WWE standpoint, they're not trying to get you to spend money. They already know you're spending $5, 10 a month on Peacock. You're getting the pay-per-view. Ring of Honor AEW is asking you to spend money next week. I believe it's $30. And, yes, it's going to be an outstanding show from a wrestling standpoint. But how is this card any different than a Dynamite? Like, you have a couple matches that have a little bit of story. You have some really great wrestling matches that will deliver. But how is this different than a free Wednesday night? Uh, well, there are no commercial interruptions. Okay. <laughs> All right. That's a good one. No picture in picture. Got it. Yeah, yeah no Excalibur yelling at me to stay with them through picture in picture. Excalibur, by the way, I never stick with you. I still fast forward. <laughs> Nah. Like, okay, well, I'm sorry. Got to fast forward, pal. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I yeah, I mean, the, screen, the, the screen's too small on my big screen. It's too small. <laughs> I agree. So, like, how do you build from it? Like, at this point, like, should they just give them Rampage? Like, if there's no TV deal yet, obviously something's holding it up. Or, like, give them darker elevation if people are watching that. There needs to be a way to tell these stories if you want people to spend money on it also. Yeah, I think the, the the thing that makes the most sense is one of those two YouTube shows. Just because Friday nights are for Hook, and I really don't want Hook to go to a, to uh, ROH. I still want Hook. You know, I'm I'm still rooting for Hookhausen, by the way, to continue to climb up the uh, the AEW tag team rankings. That's right. Maybe that's just me. But I mean, they 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 do have to do. I I think some more things continuously with Rampage. I don't think the answer there is make it ROH. I don't think that's something that TNT would be happy with. Ultimately. I I think taking one of their two YouTube shows and making it more ROH dedicated makes sense. And then when you sprinkle in these things, you can say, yo, uh, you can see more about Joe and Jay lethal coming up Tuesday night on ROH, whatever they're going to call it on YouTube. You know, like they, you can you can then direct people. You can sprinkle it in, and then direct them where they can get more in depth on why I should care about this card. Yeah, and yeah, maybe I mean, once they have that, we see Ring of Honor exclusive people because outside of the Briscoes, these are all AEW wrestlers. Like they're people we see on Dynamite. The Yuta and Daniel Garcia are part of a big AEW angle. So maybe once they have their own thing, then they try and work in some of these younger guys. Yeah, I, I'm happy that ROH is back on the scene. It's just the way it's happening. It's just, um, it's just very odd, you know. And, and it's just the typical booking of Tony Khan. People want to see all these great matches. Yeah, I want to see these great matches. Also, like a story. Also, like I have a dedicated channel to be able to see this. Say, for instance, I was an ardent ROH person, and I can understand if you are right because if you don't like WWE or if you don't like AEW, maybe you always like ROH because ROH has had so many great stars over the years the you know the the cm punks and the you know brian danielson's and um seth, who, seth rollins now uh, samoa joe it goes on and on so there's been so many great uh talents that's come out of roh so if i'm not roh fan i want to be able to get all my roh bill where, where do i get that ribs and drabs on rampage that that's got to be able to get fixed i mean since you're under the discovery warner brand isn't this perfect for True TV? The channel that you can't find during the NCAA tournament? <laughs> yep. Perfect for it. Yeah. I, they advertised a new show last night. I couldn't tell you what it is or who's on it, but they advertised a new show. Wait, they have things other than Impractical Jokers on True TV? I just assumed it was Impractical Jokers all the time, and then that marathon would get interrupted for NCAA tournament games every March. That's you the only laugh, thing I but... notice it is because Impractical Jokers go, oh, wait, there's another show on the network? Like, they acknowledge it and play into it. So good job by them. You laugh, but that is true. I believe that is true. It's just a long marathon of Impractical Jokers. Hey, it's Murr. He's making me laugh again. Look, it's Murr. Like, it's like... <laughs> Okay, I like I get it. Okay, you guys are practical jokers. It's a it's a funny ass show though. I tell you that it is funny. Uh, but it is a new show. Yeah, it's a spinoff of that of some sort. I did see the commercial for that. Well, but that's what you I mean. Yeah. So so impractical jokers, this new show, and then ROH. That's all you need for True TV and the tournament when it comes back around for the fun for the first four. That's all you, you need. Yeah, I it, it, that and that's what they. I, I don't know what's taking so long. Like I just I assume I I assumed back when this was announced that Tony Khan had acquired ROH like 
everything was just going to fall into place really quickly. Oh, he's probably got a streaming deal so he can put the ROH library out there somewhere. You know, maybe that's going to go on HBO Max or Discovery Plus, and now it's all going to be one because Discovery <laughs> Plus wasn't very good. But that's neither here nor there. So <laughs> I, I, <laughs> You see Vikram right here. Vikram says, do we think if Vince got a hold of ROH, he'd give them the platform or throw it into the ground like WCW or ECW? Well, Vikram, if you watch Raw and SmackDown, you are watching ROH. <laughs> it's a good well, point. I mean, to Gabe's point, though, like it almost feels rushed. Like I get Tony was excited in the, the announcement. Like it is weird they announced it. They didn't have a deal yet, and now here we are months later, and they're in the same spot. Like they could have done that Dallas show because that was already on the books. They had to do it. This show wasn't necessary for next week. Like it just feels so rushed and just not put together. Yeah, that's no, I, and, and that's my biggest complaint with it. You know, like they, but again, it's all solved once they figure out what they're doing with the product. And until they figure that out, I, I don't, I don't, I don't need ROH stuff on my TV because it just, it, to me, it bogs everything else down and makes everything else that AEW is trying to do it makes it feel less important. I agree. I agree. There's, there's similar to the WWE. There is a group of talent in the back that's on dark and elevation. They're like. What about us? Do we ever get our push? Do we ever get our chance to get out there? Uh, and the answer is no. Sorry, lady. Sorry, guy. You have to sit in the back and wait for ROH people to come out there. And by the way, it, it, this is not taking a crap on the ROH talent. Samoa Joe, Jay Lethal on your TV, Yuta, uh, Daniel Garcia, Dee, Martinez, FTR, the Briscoes. All those all, on our um, AEW TV, it's awesome, but it just confuses the marketplace. I just, I just don't want... AW to go down the same path as other promotions that confuse their own product just to try to get wrestlers on and just try to get matches on. You've got to be able to stay focused on your own product. You just have to. AEW should be should be job one to have IWGP here and and Ring of Honor there. It just confuses it, you know. Yep. So hopefully there will be a deal in place. But as far as this card's concerned, yeah, I'm excited for these four matches they have so far. Yeah, and I mean this to me. This is an, an important next four, or two, not four, next two months for for AEW as they try to get some of that momentum back that they had coming out of Double or Nothing and build that momentum to whatever ends up happening at All Out in an A town like Chicago, but not at one of their A arenas. <laughs> That's right. Uh, it, it's the Songus Arena in Lowell, Massachusetts. <laughs> and by the way, the T is silent in Songus. Oh, uh, okay. Good to know. It is. <laughs> I saw. I had no idea. <laughs> had no idea. <laughs> so, yeah, so they're they're in an old ROH place, uh, a, a D town, uh, Lowell, Massachusetts. Good luck there. It'll be sold out, I'm sure. What's number two on the three count, Brian? Last night, Dynamite ended with Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland being crowned the new AEW Tag Team Champions. What was your reaction to Swerve in our glory winning the tag titles? I was surprised. I was shocked. I thought they were just going to put on a good match because it seems like with the way FTR's been collecting championships, there was going to be some showdown with the Young Bucks at some point for all the belts to be the best tag team. Hey, maybe even the Young Bucks were going to go to WWE, take out the Usos, get the undisputed tag team titles, and everybody was going to get together and there would have been you know six belts per man for all the tag team championships everywhere. Uh, so I was surprised that that the Young Bucks ultimately did not walk away victorious last night. I mean, I'm excited for Keith Lee and Swerve uh, because it has been, despite pushed to the background and pushed to dark and dark elevation at times, it, it has been a story that they've been trying to tell of, you know, these two guys, maybe there was some dissension amongst them because of uh, Swerve dumping out Keith Lee in a battle royal. And they were able to repair that and ultimately become tag champions and put that behind them. So it's there is a story that they actually told there. So tip of the cap to them, even if they tried to bury it. Uh, but I'm excited for those two because they're fun to watch, man. Like when when Swerve does the thing where he jumps off of Keith Lee's chest, like the <laughs> athleticism in what he's able to do is unbelievable. Yes, uh, it did surprise me as well. Um, only because I really thought watching that matchup that the young bucks would win the matchup also thought that ricky starks and hobbs have cut the best promos out of all of this uh ricky starks had really come into his own 
I, I, I think I want to accentuate the point that no matter if you lose or take the pinfall, if you work hard, you're over. And I thought that Hobbs would like what four or five power bombs uh, all in a row, um, and, and watching Ricky Starks work out there. I even though they lost, I think that that was phenomenal. I thought I thought they had a great match. And and what as far as the Young Bucks are concerned, you are right. I want to see FTR against the Young Bucks, but I just want to point this out. I want to put this into the conversation. When I see FTR with the AAA championships, the IWGP championships, and ROH championships, when especially on Dynamite, don't they look like the champs? Don't yeah. they the champs? I mean, seriously. Like so. So what you've done is is that you buried your own champions. So if it's the Young Bucks or if it's a Swerve and Keith Lee, they're less than. Because you've got three sets of championships, not AEW championships, but every time you feature uh, FTR, Brian, it makes it seem like that whoever the tag team champions you have for AEW is less than because FTR has all this gold, all this drip, right? And so to me, you've kind of um, you've worked yourself into a shoot in that spot. Yeah, and that's the weird part. Like, it did seem like it was obvious it was going to be Bucks and FTR, and you have, you know, FTR not getting the shot despite being the number one contenders. You have the Bucks not being in that match at Forbidden Door. And that's why I think added to the shock last night because I thought one of these teams, whether it's Roman or Glory or Starks and Hobbs, they should have won it over Jungle Express at Revolution, I believe, when they had the triple threat last time around. They should have mm-hmm. won it there, one of those teams. And I remember thinking last night, yeah, it's going to be a great match. It sucks. One of those teams has to take a loss again, and the Bucks are going to leave with the titles. And I know there were reports that the plan was for the Hardys to ultimately be the tag champs and all the stuff with Jeff happened. But the FTR Bucks thing, like, that could have main evented all out. I know they like to put the world title in the main event, but this was their one shot to give the tag team titles that main event because you say, hey, this is just the interim world title. So it's weird they didn't go that route. Do we go FTR and Swerve in our glory now at All Out? Because, like, that doesn't feel as big of a deal. No, especially, like, if you've been to All In slash All Out, it seems like the Bucks matches steal the show every time. Like, they've had tremendous matches with the Lucha Bros, um, you know, and, and that's what I thought they were building towards, that that we would get that unbelievable match at All Out, FTR, Young Bucks, everything on the line. And I guess you can still do that because the bucks are big enough. They don't need the titles to be in that feud. It it just feels like then it could have been bigger and it still would be pretty big, but it could have been bigger. Yeah. uh, Lee and Swerve make a good tag team. Sure. I just didn't expect them to win the championships. I I was really looking forward to seeing young bucks FTR one more time, because that's the matchup. I think that many fans want to see. Now, is there going to be a swerve, so to speak, with Swerve and Keith Lee? Did you notice when Lee was down in the corner, Swerve was going to do something there, yeah. and he did not? So, so what are you telegraphing there? What, what are you doing? Like, is there still mistrust between these two? If, if that's the case, then you're just wasting time. You know, like, like they can't be champions and have a have an issue. That's got to. I mean, either they're going to be a tag team or not. Don't put the titles on them at all. Yeah, that's and. I guess the, the the thing that did kind of pop into my head is when they decided to hot potato the TNT title between Cody and um, and Sammy Guevara. Sammy, yeah, you know they, they they kind of just bounced back and forth, and Sammy ultimately came out on top. So I don't know if they end up doing another thing like that here, but then I it just not. yeah it, it kind it kind of diminishes it, and you know like the TNT title has some work to do to kind of regain what they're trying to sell us this title is, what it was when Brody Lee did, in fact, hold that TNT championship. So I hope they're not just hot-shotting it to try to, hey, anything can happen on Dynamite. Make sure you tune in because we have all these championship matches that that they do like to put live on television because they only have the four pay-per-views a year. But I, I hope it's not just a quick... You know, and, and in two weeks later, the Young Bucks are going to come come away because Swerve and our glory ends up breaking up. Out of uh, West Palm, uh, GKW underscore wrestling on Twitter, Mike G asked the question, says, why, why do the champions lose when they're not pinned? He says that he says that stipulation makes no sense where you didn't get in, neither Young Buck being pinned in that spot in the tag team title match on Dynamite in Savannah. That's good booking. You're protecting the Young Bucks there. The Young Bucks don't take a loss. <laughs> That's good booking. That's right. <laughs> there are very oh. there are very few rules 
that actually are followed in whatever the professional wrestling rule book looks like. All right. But triple threat and losing your title without getting pinned, that is one that they stay true to. That is, that's just part of pro wrestling at this point. I will say poor JR trying to keep up with who is legal last night. That, that was a rough one for him. Well, I mean, in oh, fairness, like, I, I feel a lot of Young Bucks matches have that where yes, yes. it just, you know, like, wait, who's legal again? Because there's just, you know, so many other things going on. And that's just usually when it's, you know, a two-on-two tag yeah. match. You don't even have the third one. So trying to figure that out I, I, on that one. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a weird one last night. That's fine, but you can't call – it's 2022. You can't call the match like it's 1991. I mean, like he's, he's looking for a tag rope, and I mean, I mean, the, the young bucks have a young bucks match. That's why I wasn't a big fan of them for a long time because no matter who they face in the indies, Brian, it'd be like, well, this is a young bucks match. That means that it's almost like Triple uh, A Mexican rules where you just come in and out of the ring when you want to, no tags, just all over the place, and just like okay, young bucks style match. I've gotten, I've given them a lot more credit as of late than I did the previous 10 years, because uh, I'm seeing a team that's really evolving, I think, of the Young Bucks. And so, JR watching this thing is just like, you know, who's legal? Well, you know, the match with the Young Bucks, I guess it doesn't matter, because they do their own thing. Well, and, and to AEW's credit, early AEW, a lot of tag matches would be like that. And yeah. wrestling fans, being who they are, they're like, wait, that guy wasn't legal. Why did he take the pinfall? He shouldn't have taken it. So, now, AEW has had to clean up a lot of their tag team matches to make sure every, you know, they're, they're being more transparent, I guess, with who the legal man is. But I mean, with something like that, like why not just lean in and just like make your own rules? Like it's wrestling. Like, Hey, like if you're knocked outside of the ring, you're not legal anymore. The two guys in the ring are legal. Like just lean into it then. I I agree. I mean, it's, it's one of the things that JR brought to the company, by the way, this whole thing with referees, because Nobody puts the officials over like Jim Ross over the years. <laughs> Nobody. And, and he did and it last the, night. He did it last night oh, before the match too. Oh my God! What a great. I mean, put the wrestlers over. I mean, I'm not saying to be the WWE and ignore them, but mm -hmm. I mean, I think it's assumed that the uh, officials are going to do a good job. That's the assumption, right? I mean, I call I call college baseball. I never say, you know, Matt McClung, the home plate umpire, does a hell of a job on the, that first strike call. No, it is like I assume he's going to do a good job on the plate. I assume that. What do I know? <laughs> it was great because I, I did notice that last night before they, like, uh, I think Excalibur, you know, they showed the ref, I forget who it was, you know, holding up the, the tag belts. And Excalibur says, and whatever official has drawn this match. And JR's like, as it should be. This is, as, he's he's exactly where it should be. Like, okay, that's interesting, JR, but okay, that's, let's watch, let's watch this, let's watch a championship match. Yes, until that referee is made to look like an idiot at some point with his back turned. Great, great official until he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. What do I know? So do we think that they are going to be – let's go around. Is Swerve in your glory going to be the AEW Tag Team Champions walking into All Out early September in Chicago? Uh, no. I say yes. Yeah, I'm going no. Because I think they get it back to the Bucks. Because Bucks FTR is to me the money match, and you make that as big as you possibly can. Then, then, then why did you change the titles, and why did you have them drop it in Savannah? <laughs> why? Why would you do that? Like, like yeah, I mean, you don't need you don't need that moment. Did that you was the Bucks' first game? defense. Like the Bucks so, didn't defend the titles. Like so they need that moment because it was Fighter Fest. Do you think he felt like he had to? It's week one of Fighter Fests, and it's one of their special TV shows. So now, does does Tony like? Okay, I've created this thing. Now I have to have something happen on this show. You're right. You're right. <laughs> Fighter Fest. Well, and right. I'm not saying it has to make sense. No. I'm just saying, like, I mean, you look at so John Moxley lost on on television. Uh, winter is coming. You know, they've, they've done these title changes before on these special shows, whether it's been Winter is Coming, Fighter Fest, Beach Break. Um, they, they they do some of these title changes then. So I, I don't know if he just felt like, oh, I've created this thing, so I have to do a title change now, like, which which would be a bad decision. Yeah, I didn't think of it that way. 
Because I, I, I never, yeah. Yes, it's Fire Fest. I hadn't thought of it that way. He probably did it because of the theme. I'm not making fun of you. I'm just saying that I didn't, <laughs> I didn't think about it being Fighter Fest because for me, it happens on a pay per view or a huge crowd at Dynamite. Yeah, but, mm-hmm. I, but I get it. Well, and, and yeah, I mean, because Fighter Fest, like week two is tomorrow, and they're like, <laughs> or not tomorrow, next week, and they're like tying in Shark Week with it because JAS is going to be in a shark cage above the ring for barbed wire everywhere match. Um, so Fighter Fest is still continuing next week. Uh, so yep. maybe we'll see another title change and the Young Bucks get it back then. Who knows? In, in Duluth, Georgia. <laughs> That's what it's going to be Wednesday. Savannah to Duluth. They've got all the old WCW haunts, yeah. don't they? The old, the, old, <laughs> the old Sid Vicious Sting <laughs> spots from 1990. God almighty. They're making the loop, aren't they? Savannah to like Duluth. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Brian, what do we got at number three in the three count? Going back to WWE, Andrew Zarlin of the Matt Men podcast reports that beginning July 18th, Raw will have a TV 14 rating. He's since reporting the date is not set just yet, but Raw will be going to the TV 14. So how different will WWE be without their PG rating? I mean, Cody Rhodes can't wait to bleed on WWE television when he comes back, right? Like, he's just counting down the days. Cody, by the way, after the report, tweeted out a winking face emoji. So some people speculating maybe he had something to do with this. Uh, So what do you want to talk about? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think um, it gives them a little bit more freedom. I know, I know. Vince went on uh, the Pat McAfee show and he called, you know, AEW gory crap. I'm not expecting yeah. like a bunch of blading suddenly and a bunch of unprotected chair shots, but I am expecting a little bit more cursing. I'm expecting them pushing the envelope with with cursing in terms of the promos that wrestlers give. So with TV 14, you expect three things, especially in wrestling: blood, language, and violence. These are three things that you expect. Let me tell you, bro, it's why Gabe Nitzel is a genius and, does, and doesn't know it. He mentioned in this on this podcast, like, what if the Young Bucks went to the WWE and followed Cody, right? So the only way the Young Bucks work or anybody else in AEW taking that leap to go to the WWE is, is for them to want to be themselves. They all want to have that Cody deal of saying, I want my same music and I want to wear my robes. And I want to be able to use my own verbiage. I want to say belt instead of championship. I want to do all these things, right? Now, everybody is not, everybody can't get the Cody deal. But could you imagine Cody being the Pied Piper and, and starting this revolution of TV 14, saying what he wants to, and here come the Young Bucks, and here comes whoever else's contract is going to be up pretty soon. MJF, maybe. I was, I was about to say MJF, especially yeah. the promo the profanity-laced promo he last gave when we saw him. When you started talking, J-Hood, MJF was the first name that popped in my head. Well, you said Young Bucks, and so that makes sense to me too. So just think about it. Gabe's already planted the seed. I know all these other podcasts that are watching, they're going to steal this. (laughs) But but, uh, but, but Gabe's already – Did you see that, bro? He already planted the seed of, like, Young Bucks, WWE. So then MJF. And then others, because that, this is not taking a shot at AEW, because I think it's a fine promotion. It's just booked weirdly. I think it's just young and it's still got a lot to learn. It's but fine when contracts way. are up, yeah, well, when contracts are up and Cody says, you know what, it's pretty good here. You know, we're TV 14. You got a chance to be able to spread your wings a little bit. Uh, they're looking for new talent. What if, right? Yeah, I can see that. But like to me, the Bucks they can work as PG. Like, I get what you're saying about them being themselves. Like, they don't do anything that's that super edgy. Like, they're not really that violent. Like, the flips, the kicks, like, that can work as PG. Like, to me, nothing changes. Like, the PG rating was sort of the default, like, oh, this is to blame for WWE sort of, you know, lacking creative. Like, it was the one change where, like, well, we need something to blame. Oh, TV, PG. It's going to be the same people writing. Like, we talked about before. It's going to be Vince writing until he's on his deathbed. Like, it's going to be the same stuff. Maybe he gets in a few more poop jokes now, and that's the extent of it. Like, it feels the same to me. Uh, if, if they're changing it, there's a reason for changing it. Like, otherwise, why change it? You know what I'm sure. saying? Like, I don't think Vince does anything, If this, assuming that this is powered by Vince, and 
I think it's safe to assume that it is. Uh-huh. Like, I don't think he's going to change and go back to a TV 14 rating unless he's looking to do something, unless he's looking to open up some different avenues for his talent, or maybe even makes it easier for those guys from AEW to transition over. Cause he's seen some guys that he likes over there and Hey, yeah, you don't have to conform to our PG style. We've opened it back up. It's TV 14. We can allow you to be edgy. I think that makes a ton of sense, whether it's the young bucks, whether it's MJF or somebody else on that roster that maybe they have their eyes on that. They want to bring, you know, back into the fold or into the first time. And I, and, and bro, it's, I understand your point of saying you know, if the writing is the same, then what's going to change? How edgy can you be? Like Ezekiel starts swearing at Kevin Owens. Right. Like how I like, but, but here I wrote down a short list of, and, and so my thought of being TV 14 is to allow the talent to be able to be an extension of themselves. That was what the attitude, attitude era was about. When you did a promo, it's like, here's your bullet points. Here's the point that you got to get to, but all the rest is going to be your own verbiage. That's how it was back then. I mean, so, Guys like Heyman can already do that. They have full autonomy, I believe. Heyman has. As long as Heyman gets to the point, he can speak out there as long as he wants. Roman Reigns, the reason why the Reigns is over is because it's Reigns. It's 100% Reigns. It's himself. Just get to the point, but you fill in all the rest. You know, hey, so-and-so town, acknowledge me. Hey, you know, I'm on God mode, all that stuff. These are little catchphrases, but ultimately it's Reigns. Cody is himself for the most part that we saw him. But moving forward, I want Becky Lynch to be herself. I want the Usos to be uh, themselves. Lashley, Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens has a salty tongue, and I saw this in ROH. Now, you didn't see any of this in WWE, but he is he can really cut a promo. Street Profits, Dolph Ziggler, Chad Gable, those are the people I want to be able to express themselves in this new era, meaning don't script them with stupid stuff or make them say sucker and suck attach that they like they did Roman at one point. These people should be able to express themselves the way they want to 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 really relate to the audience because people know when it's just script, 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 and, and you don't see their personalities. If you're gonna do TV 14, allow the best talkers to talk. See, I think you're getting your hopes up. Like, I, I would love to see that. Like, Kevin Owens at any point with the mic being himself, yes, sign me up. But I think, you know, this is the same people that send, you know, Moxley out there with a, a gas mask and like, oh, you know, that's good shit. Like, that is what's still going to be there. And, like, they might say a dirty word or two and maybe you have some blood here and there. We're not going to see, you know, 830 bleeding like we see on Dynamite. It just feels the same to me. By the way, I believe that's two weeks in a row Mox hasn't bled on TV. So, you know, <laughs> shout out to him for showing a little bit of restraint on Dynamite. Yeah. Well, he's a, he's a jerk because he hard-weighed himself on Wednesday. You saw this, right? Yeah. He didn't have to bleed. He hard-weighed on purpose. There was a time in wrestling where if you did bleed, you'd get extra money in the envelope. He's not giving anything extra for bleeding. He did that to to Kesha on purpose. Like he didn't have to bleed. He's bleeding, so let me bleed. I'm a hard way myself. What are you, idiots? I mean, a little bit. He's, it's what he is, man. Like he's that's just that's just who he is. That's just too much. And I love right, it, you, by the way. I love it. You keep, I'm all in okay. on Mox. You keep you keep doing that, and you'll be on the shelf with Danielson with concussion syndrome. Like if you want to do that, that's fine. But he did not have to bleed. No, he just be, he's just being an ass. It's just like. Oh, my opponent's bleeding. Ah, ah, look at that. Look at that blood. You don't have to do that, moron. <laughs> Interim. <laughs> Interim moron. <laughs> Interim moron. <laughs> Interim moron champion. <laughs> IMC. That's what he is. <laughs> he's, he's the AEW IMC, that's for that's sure. Right. Uh, what do we have in our news and notes this week, Brian? All right, guys, our buddy uh, Peter Rosenberg on the Michael K Show had Goldberg on to talk about his relationship with Bret Hart, and here's what Goldberg had to say. Yes, as Goldberg the character and as Goldberg the human, there's no question about it. I mean, when some, when an accident happens and you you uh, uh, tell your side of the story and nobody believes it, uh, it, especially the person who is negatively affected by it, yeah, it sucks. Uh, and I will take it to my grave because I'm sure that he will never forgive me. But, um, uh, you know, hey, man, what else can I say? I've, I've, I've said I was sorry and that it was unintentional, and it was the furthest thing from my mind, I don't know, a million times. 
and of those a million times he's come back with yes it was intentional and he's a punk and he didn't know what he was doing and he ruined my career so you know it sucks but you can lead a horse to water and you can shove their face in the damn water but you can't make them suck it up their esophagus so if you can tell that i'm pretty pissed off about the fact that he still harbors it yeah it sucks yeah i get it you know just i i truly believe that it just shows what a human being i am and that i can forgive people for even accusing me of something that's not true goldberg about his relationship with bret hart or lack thereof i guess I mean, two things. The first of all, LaGreca looks very uncomfortable as somebody else is ranting, which is just kind of funny given, you know, him going viral for a rant that he had last week. Second of all, like, Goldberg, I'm with you, bud, until you decide to pat yourself on the back. Like, what, you don't need to pat yourself on the back at the end of that. There's the, that, that just serves no one's purpose other than going, wait, so you said everything there just to kind of be self-serving, not because you're actually remorseful for what happened to Brett. And Look, as, as I can understand where Brett's coming from, man. Like, if Brett, Brett believes it was intentional and it ended his career, right? So, Brett Hart, I understand why he's ticked off at, at, at Bill Goldberg. I, I just don't understand why Goldberg had to pat himself on the back at the end of that. It just doesn't make any sense. Goldberg's never got it, period. He's just never understood. And I know he had a lot of voices in it. It's a longer conversation. But I, I know he's got a lot of voices in his head from the 90s. Uh, Nash here, Hall there, Flair there. And just like, I don't think he's really understood the business. I, I think that he's made a lot of money in the business. But as far as the time on our tradition of taking care of wrestlers and not being reckless, I mean, it's just, I'm not surprised that he feels that way. I'm not surprised that he pat himself on the back. Uh, I know that there will be some that will say Brett take himself too seriously. I love Brett. I love Bret Hart. And... Uh, it's unfortunate that Goldberg was reckless enough to savant kick Bret, uh, Bret Hart into retirement. I know that's not ballet, and I know it's tough, but I just think that Goldberg just never got it. I just don't. I just, I mean, Bret feels like he had another good three, four-year run, maybe five years left. Even after WCW closed, he could have came back to WWE or went to Japan someplace else. But Goldberg didn't just end his career, and I can understand why Bret is bitter about that. Yeah, I mean, not only those years, but CM Punk's talked about it. Like, Brett would be one of those guys, if healthy, he's getting paychecks to go over to Saudi Arabia and wrestle and, like, yeah. have that once or twice a year. He's getting Goldberg's money, essentially. Like, when we see Goldberg pop back up, that would have been Brett. Like, Brett would still be cashing WWE checks in a ring to work once or twice a year still. He didn't like – uh, you know, Brett did not like Bill Goldberg at all in WCW because the way that um... – Punk looks at Ryan Reeves, uh, Ryback. Uh, that's how Brett looks at Goldberg. That makes sense. Tell me you're really bad. Tell me, tell me that you that was on purpose or that you're just really bad and you suck. Because right. that's you know, that was the line that Punk told reportedly told Ryback after Ryback, you know, power bombed him through a table. I'm sorry that I'm so I suck. I mean, that's what <laughs> Ryback said, right? I mean, so the same thing though. It's like in WCW, you can go back and look at some archives of some interviews where he called him Bill Goldberg and the company was like, call him Goldberg. Yeah, whatever, Bill Goldberg. <laughs> like, like Bill did not like Goldberg at all because he thought he was reckless and, and thought that it, that it was half a shoot, which it was not. And so Bill, as so many great moments that we've seen from Goldberg, you know, him beating Hogan, you know, uh, on Nitro and some of the other things that, that Goldberg has done has been great. But just he's just never understood the business um, and in a in an intricate way, in, in a, and also in a safe way that could have protected Brett. So yeah. there's that. Elsewhere in the WWE world, Dave Meltzer reports that for the WWE's tryouts in Nashville next week, they're reaching out to more indie wrestlers as opposed to just going the ex-pro athlete route. I mean, this was always going to happen, right? Like where there were because there's going to be some big people on the indies that are going to fit the the aesthetic that they want. And I think it ultimately also goes back to, to something that Daniel Bryan talked about when he was in WWE and he's talked about since he's been in AEW. Like he was able to kind of survive and, and thrive in WWE because, oh, you've got the big show over here, but then you've got Daniel Bryan over here. Like if you just run out cookie cutter after cookie cutter after cookie cutter WWE, this is what Vince looks like. 
it, that's going to get real stale real fast. You have to have some difference and having some technical wrestlers that maybe don't fit that Vince McMahon model of being big Hulk Hogan, like muscle men, like that's just going to make your show better. Like there's, there's room for the Ray Mysterios of the world. There's room for the, there should be room for the ricochets of the world in WWE. Wait, hold on a second. Let me just make sure I'm, I'm clear, Brian. Yep. Did you say that the WWE is going to go back to the indie route? Is that what you just said? They said they're going to more wrestlers. So instead of, you know, 100% ex-athletes, maybe they work in like 20% indie guys now also. <laughs> this company is so hypocritical. Whichever <laughs> way the wind blows, it is amazing. The way that they were going about is this. Is Triple H influenced? Well, I mean, Yeah. Yeah, I hope so, because that's what kept me watching the, the black and gold brand in NXT. Some of the best indie guys with an opportunity to be on a, a major stage. That's why I watched every week. This this company is so freaking um, incredible to me and so hypocritical. We're not going to go to indie guys anymore. We're going to have uh, people that are 25 and younger and backgrounds, athletic backgrounds like lacrosse. <laughs> and, and and amateur wrestling. We're not doing that until the well ran dry. Right. They tried that. All over the world, they're looking for talent. Wait, I don't understand. How come this person just is not immediately Hulk Hogan? Right. How come this person is not immediately the ultimate warrior? How come how come this hockey player is not Brett? What happened there? Well, there's a reason. It's because you have to get trained for this shit. That's why, you idiots. It's it, it, it is a you have to be able to look at indie stars international stars and say how can they work in our system stop trying to reinvent the wheel we're going to get this person that had an athletic background and just bring them all in and train them remember the edict that came out from the wwe that's why they changed nxt they just yep. wanted athletes like what a last legend and she's a wnba player now it's worked out fine but half the but three quarters of that roster can't work because these are people from 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 backgrounds that are trying to Try to uh, you know change the face of the company by having athletes instead of actual people that love professional wrestling that want to be part of the WWE. That's that's the thing. Like yes, for every you know Roman Reigns, Dwayne Johnson, like were, that, that were college athletes and then yeah. became professional wrestlers. Like you need those people that just absolutely love it. You know, and, and Bianca Belair is you know somebody who loves professional. She was an athlete and it's worked out. But if you don't have that love of professional wrestling, like the, the the people to me that have most success, especially in WWE, when they produce those documentaries, you hear Becky Lynch, you hear Seth Rollins, you hear Roman Reigns talk about their love of wrestling, and and because this, it, I look at this the way the same way I look at like somebody who's going to fail in the NFL because they don't love football. Like that's your entire life, and you're about to get the crap kicked out of you because every Sunday when you go out there, if you don't love it, you're not going to be sticking around here very long. And if you don't love professional wrestling and understand what it represents and what it is, you're not going to stick around very long. Yeah, but if you're a top-notch indie guy, so let's go over the past. Like if an Adam Cole, if a Johnny Gargano, if they were signed to NXT 2.0, why the hell would you want to work on that brand? Like no – I mean, yeah, offense. Like – the people on that show are below some of these top indie guys. So oh like, yeah, why would uh -huh. you want to work there? Because it's because it's the WWE man, and and we you heard Johnny talk about it. Yeah, he wants to work WrestleMania, and if if you're an indie guy and you want to work WrestleMania someday, there's only one way to do it: sign with the WWE, get your foot in the door. Yeah, that's my that's my new thing. I'm not going to say don't take offense. I want to say offense. Yeah, it's like it's like Brian. Offense. That's exactly right. I mean, but that's an Evan Cohen sense. special, just so everyone's aware. Offense. I love. Shout that. out it's to Evan. Yeah. You 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 don't say that you don't want any more indie talent. We can't have indie rific guys anymore. But then you go outside of wrestling to look for athletes to be able to fill the roster, and you can't. That you know you you did that, and you come up with an almost. That's what you came up with. Or or that shaky. Was... That was Omos getting involved with the uh, the tag team match and making it a six man this week. That was one of my more disappointing moments on Raw. But uh, do we have any yeah, other yeah, news? Yeah, but you got a you got a serious R truth though. You got an R truth actually in a serious match. 
How about that's, that for the first time in like a decade? Yeah. <laughs> first time since he was tagging with the Miz and getting beat by the yeah. Rocket Survivor yeah. Series. Uh, do we yeah. have any other news and notes, Brian? Yeah, a couple more things. One of the guys that will be at those workouts, Big E, will be helping out the WWE. He has told TMZ this week he is at peace if he never wrestles again. A recent setback means he'll be out at least a full year from that neck injury. I mean, it's sad because I enjoy watching him perform. I'm glad that he's healthy because in those interviews with TMZ, he did a big one with ESPN.com as well, where he talks about, it seems like he has a lot of gratitude because he, he knows it could be worse. He has operation of his limbs. Like he's, he's going to be able to, you know, walk and, and, and then, you know, play with his kids and do all those yeah. things. Like he just doesn't know if he can wrestle again. So he's at peace with that. And while sad, I'm glad he is at that place where he's at peace if it doesn't happen for him again. And I'm glad that he got his at least one run as WWE champion. Yeah, I, I'm also happy to hopefully he'll be able to return to the ring because he's got unfinished business. Um, and, you know, when you're looking for a WWE champion, someone to carry the torch for the company, a lot of people looked over and, and just looked past Big E. But I think he did a great job of really representing the company. It wasn't just WWE. That guy was at boxing matches. He was at MMA fights. Um, he was on college game day. So I liked how he was not just wrestling, but also representing the company in a positive way. Yeah, I feel like he's one of those dudes that'll always work there. And final note, Sasha Banks, a.k.a. Mercedes Bernardo. She's got her first appearance. She'll be appearing at the Chicago Comic and Entertainment Expo on August 6th and 7th. Going to an A-Town, I guess. Ah, yes, in A-Town. No surprise. C2E2. Her first time that's a, a non-WWE appearance. So when is she coming on, bro? It's what time? What day is she up here? <laughs> it's out there in the, the nether. We've put it out there. Hopefully it we've reached it. Soon. We've made yeah. we've made the reach out. Um there was also I saw a report out there that that she's taking she's not taking any wrestling bookings at this point. So I who knows what the I think it's safe to assume at this point that she's been released, um, that she's no longer with the WWE. Maybe there's something in there that she can't appear on a wrestling show. Who knows? Um, I'm sure those details will come out. But I, if she decides to return to wrestling because she doesn't need wrestling, I think she's got a promising potential Hollywood career in front of her. I hope she returns because she is a joy to watch. But if she doesn't, I'm sure she'll be successful in movies and TV as well. One dream match outside of the WWE. Where do, who do we want? Who do we as a show want to see Sasha face? Non WWE women wrestlers. Give me the what's the one dream match. So I'm going full storyline, but I think her and Britt would be a fun program. Like them going back and forth on the mic, and then eventually the the match payoff. Yeah, I mean Britt is the Britt's the biggest uh, female star outside of of WWE. So it, I mean the big match would be with Britt. I, I think although her and Thunder Rosa would be. A lot of fun to watch in the ring. Probably Hakiro Shida for me. Um, someone like that, just a different style. Um, I she's taken on Oscar before. We've seen. I think we've seen that, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I'd like to see her be able to take on some some other um, international flavor, just to see what that would look like. I think I think the money's with Brit and Sasha, but I'd also like to see her really challenged, right? I mean. I mean, in a non-WWE style, because there is a, it's a difference, right? In a, in a different ring, whether it's in Japan or whether it's at AEW, I'd like to see her in a different style match to see how she would fare. I think she'd be excellent. We are running tight on time, so let's quickly go around the horn. What was your favorite match or the best match you saw from this past week? So I'm going to go to the AEW tag titles. Like, it was fun. The reaction to the end was fun. But also throughout, just from a fun standpoint, I really enjoyed Wardlow and Orange. Like, that was a fun match. Like, Wardlow ripped the pockets out. That's, that's a big moment on TV right there. Oh, my God. He ripped the pockets out. <laughs> it was very offensive. Yeah. Earn the TV 14 rating with that one. Right. <laughs> it was offensive. Um, okay. You know, I have a few, guys. I have a few. So, um, go ahead. Uh, I, I want to give a shout out. The, the one I, I found myself surprisingly enjoying was Carmella versus Bianca Belair on Raw. And, B, and Carmella had 
an awesome counter to the KOD where it ended up into, I mean, I don't know. It's the old X-Pac X factor is what I think of it, but that's pretty much what she countered it into. It was a counter. I didn't see coming. It was a, even though you knew the outcome, it was a surprisingly fun match kind of buried in the middle of raw. And I really enjoyed that one on Monday night. I have a few. I'll just narrow it down. So go out of your way to find AW Dark and find Shota versus Pac uh, at Rev Pro. That was for the All Atlantic Championship for for yeah. um, AW. So that was pretty good. Can't even remember I'll, the name I'll, of the title. Yeah, is it all? Is it all Atlantic? What is it? Mid Atlantic. There, <laughs> Atlantic is definitely in the name somewhere. Yeah. I, don't I know, know that. I don't I know. That. Atlantic Star. What is it? I'm not sure. Um. I'll give you another Orange Cassidy match. Orange Cassidy against Nice. Had to go back and watch that on, on Rampage. Mm-hmm. That was a banger. That was that not we don't we all know that Nice can go, but it's just but against Orange Cassidy, that was a better match than I thought it was going to be. Well, so at this point, at what point do we start giving Orange Cassidy credit? Like I understand that the gimmick is he doesn't care, you know, like that's the gimmick. But how many times does he have to go and actually get mentioned in this segment before we like, oh. Orange Cassidy can go. I understand Nice is really talented when he goes up against Will Ospreay at uh, Forbidden Door. Obviously, Ospreay can, you know, wrestle a broom, and a lot of us are going to be entertained. But it's not like he's being carried through these matches either. I think he's holding his own. Yeah, and I think it speaks to his talent, like the variety. Like, he can have the Ospreay match, and then he can have a match where a chainsaw is involved. Like, that just speaks to his talent, like how versatile he is. (laughs) A chainsaw. We're gonna cheat. Um, hey, if you're gonna cheat, you might as well cheat, yeah. right? Like, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Shout that out to the best friends. Gimmick. That was a funny gimmick. I I laughed. <laughs> I even I laughed. And uh, so I'm gonna go with again on rampage. I'm going Kingston to Keshida. I yeah. actually, you know what? I thought that was... again, that's a rampage match, but I thought it was very good. Now, like I know you will look at the Moxley match and think. That was good, but I guess Takeshita in anything is good right now in in AEW. Again, if if you're not watching Rampage on a regular basis, you're missing good. Like the first match, the last match are usually going to be pretty good. They give them time on Rampage and they start them right away. So you start off with that action right away. They usually they they usually do not disappoint. That first, the middle kind of ends up being schmazzy and some, you know, some 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 easy matches. But the the they bookend it very very well. Yeah, I'm, I'm going with that match, bro. It's an, I'll give you why. Here's the stat of the day for GKW. So Takeshita against uh, Kingston went 15, uh, 16 minutes. All of SmackDown had 13 minutes of wrestling in two hours. <laughs> 13 minutes, the whole show, in two hours. 13 whole minutes. And the, and the first match on Rampage with Kingston was a whole 15, 16 minutes. Yeah, we're we don't have enough time to talk about SmackDown because, <laughs> like, they went to commercial break without anybody saying a word. Like, yeah. they, went to, they they did a replay. Roman comes out, and yes. then they went to commercial. Like, yeah. oh man, uh, do that, that. Do that. Do that. Radio once. Just just start. <laughs> just talk, and then just don't say anything, and then just fade off. Just right to the commercial. See how that Can works. Can I do that tomorrow? It's Friday. In honor of SmackDown, yeah. I think on Jen Gabe, Drew, ESPN, Milwaukee, that's what we're going to do tomorrow. We're going to go to Hit break without open, saying a word. Play some sound and then go to break. You're good to just go. Play some sound and just fade off and just see what happens. Play our opening song and play off. Jen yeah. Gabe and Chewy coming up next. <laughs> what do you think about that? Think about it. I mean, not even 15 minutes of actual wrestling on SmackDown for two hours. I feel yeah. so bad. For it's those a shame. People who, I mean, God, what was that? Where was that last week, bro? Is this Fort Worth? I don't know. Uh, uh, yes, or, or, yeah. Fort Worth. A town, Dallas, Fort Worth, and then you give him that. When it was here in Milwaukee, it was disappointing as well because then at least maybe you get a good dark match. No, the dark match that we got in Milwaukee, it, it was pre WrestleMania, so it was uh, Ronda versus Charlotte, and that ended up in Charlotte just walking out. Like, so she got counted out. Like, the dark match took four minutes. And, like, I, I was very disappointed when last time SmackDown was here. It's it's a shame what's happened to SmackDown because six, eight months ago, it was clearly the A show. And it's now hot. it's yep. 
nothing. Uh, hopefully, hopefully it gets better for them tomorrow. I doubt it does, but you know, we can always hope fingers crossed. There are always going to be things to talk about in the world of professional wrestling, but I feel bad because we've made, Jay, we've made Jay hood late for impact. He's 10 minutes oh. late. He's going to have to go back on the DVR. Make sure you join us next week for another exciting episode of GKW impact wrestling.